I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. Yes, sir. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Out of Here podcast exclusively on the Bloodline Entertainment Network right here on YouTube. Please go hit that subscribe button. Uh, I couldn't think of a better guest than my boy Rob from the Phillies Sports Talk podcast. He is here and we're going to talk some Philadelphia Phillies. Rob, how are you, brother? I'm feeling fantastic, man. You know, with opening day less than two weeks away, yes, I mean, sir. dude, I cannot, you know, can't feel any more excited than what this team, uh, I mean, especially the last, well, you know, been a long time as Phillies fan. It's been, been one hell, uh, been one hell, not say a hell of a year, but it's just been, been of a lifetime, you know, just seeing all the great players come and go yes. uh, over the years, but I'm fine. I'm fantastic. Fantastic. Yes, sir. Um, for the people that may not know you, give the people what they want. How can they find Rob and the Philly Sports Talk podcast? Well, y'all, y'all can follow, follow me on TikTok at Philly Sports Ninety Seven because, like I said, we have we have a lot of. I'm pretty much going to be active over there, posting some updates and stuff like that, and also Instagram as well. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Philly Philly Podcast YT. Check me out on YouTube at the Philly Sports Talk Podcast, and also to one of the co-founders of the All Star Sports Network as well. So check that out over there. So that's me, and my buddy Tyler's network that we came that came into fruition of more than a few weeks ago. So we are still growing that. I mean, look, like I said, we'll, we'll do we we'll cover NBA, NFL, WNBA, XFL, the USFL, and that's pretty much about it. Yeah, and all Phillies, right? Except for the Flyers. Except for the Flyers. Yeah. Well, until Comcast sells, I ain't watching. (laughs) Rob, let's get to the first topic of the day. This is going to be the fastest 30 minutes of your life. The unknowns of 2023, a hell of a year for the Phillies. Um, Maybe not the way we wanted to end the season, but we have Trey Turner. We have the, the keys to victory. We just have to put those together. But the unknowns for 2023, let's start with the big one. Bryce Hopper. He's not going to play. This is this is what we know. We don't know exactly when he's going to come back, but what the reports are saying is that he won't be here for the first half of the season. Rob, I got to ask you, who the hell fills in? What do you do if that is the if that is what's going to happen? Well, knowing that the fact he could be be back behind the uh, before the All-Star break, Knowing that he's going to be the DH, because knowing that yes, he got the Tommy John surgery, so we're, we might not see Beckham in right field. I guess until next year, yep. rather be safe than sorry. Now that being said, with the designated hitter spot kind of up for grabs, there's a couple guys that, in particular I, I could see t- can snag in that. Let's hear it. Uh, one is Derek Hall, 
Uh, My man. I, th- I, I, I think with Derek Hall, what you're going to get out of him is a lot of times, yeah, he does have some, sometimes swing and miss, but it, there are moments where, especially if you look at last year, like he's shown to be that kind of guy yeah. that can give you that pop and can get on base. You know, I, I, I think that's what you want. healthy. That yeah, and that's the key, biggest key is to stay healthy. Which he has, he has stayed healthy from all of last year. Yeah. Another guy, I think you can you can probably implement. I know this may might shock some people. I'm gonna say Cody Clemens. Now hear me wow. out on Cody Clemens. Let's hear it. No, Cody I, Clemens. Yeah. If you look at his kind of his frame, yeah, he could pop you like five, ten home runs if you're lucky. But if you need like an on-base machine at the top of the order, Cody Clemens is that kind of guy. You just can slid in right behind Turner, Schwarber, and you have if you have Cody Clemens at the three, or yeah. if, J- if JT's there, have Cody Clemens at the four, and whoever else is kind of really built behind. So those are my two guys I would like to see um, in that DH role until yeah. Harper comes back. Now, now if you look at it this way, Harper, you cannot fill that you know his shoes. No way at all. But there's someone there, hint, hint, Trey Turner, that can take this team, be the captain, put the team on their on his back and say, you know what, we could do this for half a season. What do you think about that? I mean, Trey Turner, yes, he is in the infield and he's not known to be the guy like Bryce Harper. Like he, he's known to be a hell of a player, a respected player, but you don't see that C on his shirt. You know, you don't see that he plays like a captain, but he's not known to be a captain. I mean, who, 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 who's in place again, we can't, we cannot fill the shoes of Harper as a player, but as a motivator, as a personal person in that clubhouse, who's going to step up. Cause Rob needs some help there. They, he does. Now I think if you're going to have like a secondary captain, I think it's definitely JT. I think JT has done it all the last or how long he's ever been in the league. And it has been established one of the being one of the best catchers in baseball. And we've seen a lot of times yeah. he has you no, know, you know, even without Harper, there was a lot of times he've looked at the last couple of years. Me and Tara talked about this on the last time once before in our show. Yeah. Every time when Harper went down, it's like I was like, oh, here we go again. This is the same shit yeah. once again. But the fact that we were like 33 and something, like less than 20 losses without Harper, it's like, what? Uh, yeah. I, he, he and I just looked dumbfounded the fact that we actually played really well. Because, And like I said, we had that next man up mentality, which a lot of times nowadays you don't see that anymore. Yep. And knowing that no one look at this roster yet, it's very young. And you also got Bryson Stott, who's your second, better next second baseman. Yeah. Now it kind of sucks now than she's a girl ago. But I think, I think JT is going to be one of those guys this week where – Along with Trey Turner, yeah, I think he could really help motivate this club for sure when Harper comes back. Because if you have when Harper comes back, you have three leaders right there: yeah. Turner, who's good personal friends with Harper, and good point. You got JT, who has done it all. Now, granted, yes, before he came to Phillies, well, let's just be real: playing on the sad, lonely, pathetic. Mar- that's the Miami Marlins. Sorry, Marlins fans. I'm just being brutally honest. Yes, um, but I-, I really do think that Trey Turner and JT are really going to help these young guys out. Um, whoever is going to make the roster for sure and really help this club and become successful. Yeah. And I think we can get to the next unknown and that is the starting rotation. As of right now, we know the top three, Nola Wheeler, and uh, I guess Walker there the the, the two that I'm concerned about is Suarez and uh, Sanchez. Suarez seems to be injured. It seems like that's the common theme here 
with players right now. And I think that's going to be the common theme for the season, Rob. I think we have to look at it that way too. I think we have to understand that, yes, we are the team to beat, but what's going to beat us, you know, injuries. And I think that's what we're seeing here with the rotation. Rob, I would love to hear your thoughts. What do you got here? I mean, with the injuries, though, I mean, Christopher Sanchez, as much as I mean, he had a good short, short sample size last year, it's just I just don't put much faith in. The, I mean, look, I'm not saying I hate the young kid, but I just like I can't put my entire faith into him because they're during spring training. There, there are some a lot of stuff that I've seen. He does at times have problem mechanically, mechanically has just not figured it out or yeah. like not, you know, consistently figured it out. But the stuff is there for sure. Now with Suarez, look, I I think this foreign thing with Suarez though, I don't think it's really that much of a deal. If it's if it's just like a mild foreign strain, I think you can really, um, for someone who I, I you know I can speak from personal experience. Yeah, I've dealt with the forearm strain. Yeah, it's not terrible, but it sucks regardless. But once you get up, feeling the healthy, you got your a solid front four in that rotation. Like you said, Wheeler, Walk, uh, Nola, Walker, Suarez, um. Now, the fifth spot is up in the air. Um, there's been talks with Bailey Falter, who um kind of 50-50 on it. Yeah, me too. Me um, too. You know, maybe Michael Plasmeyer, who Plasmeyer. has been pretty decent. Yeah. I, I like what he brings to the table. Not really flashy stuff, but it's very deceptive. Or, you know, best if it's going to be case, and you had that, like, say, if it was, if it is Michael Plasmeyer, yeah, and then once you have a fully healthy Andrew Painter, we could probably see Andrew Painter, Painter be and so that be turned to a six man rotation. Yeah, so, but he might not even make the team. Like, how do we? We can't count on Painter to make the team, and he, I, I just it's tough. It's tough because then you have to look at this too. And if you're gonna take away my Phillies uh, card as a fan, go ahead. But I just don't know if I can put my my faith, my trust in the Nola. I think we saw big time games. He's okay. He's average at best. Big time games. But normal, regular season, he's the ace. I just don't know when the time comes to step up, just like the first season, first half of the season. Who's going to step up in, in place of uh, Harper? I don't know. And I don't know what you do with Nola. I mean, is it just he's Nola, you deal with it. What, whatever he brings, that's what we want. And then we deal with uh, the big games when we cross that bridge. In a way, too, you also got Dave Dombrowski, who's known to make some of the under-the-radar type of moves that we may not know about. So, like I said, I mean, if there's any good names at the trade, and there's going to be the trade deadline. So, worst-case scenario is, if, if, you know, it, you know, if Dave decides to make yeah. any kind of moves to help bolster his club, I mean, think about it, too. When we took a chance on Amundo Sosa, um, Brandon Marsh, we fixed these guys. A lot of these teams have given up on these guys and we have the right coaches to have to fix them, especially having Kevin Long, who I've been a really big fan of for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and even not just from that, I mean, from this time, you know, during with the Mets, seeing what he has done, well, especially with the time with the Nationals, that. the fact he has a lot of ties with Harper, Trey Turner. Um, and, you know, and having Bobby Dickerson back, and I, I, I talked about this too, bringing back Bobby Dickerson was the best thing for them because let's be real. Let him go was the biggest mistake they could have done. Uh, but regardless, we've seen guys where, you know, they didn't look great defensively, but one in name in particular, I know this might ruffle some feathers a little bit, Alec Bohm, who me and my buddy Tyler, we have criticized. I would say criticized, but we've been very harsh on. But yeah. ever since after that three-error game, 
when he just made that accidental comment, it's like I effing I effing oh, hate yeah. hate this place. Hate this place, yep. The fact that he took accountability and used and we talked about this too. He used that as a motivator to get better defensively. And we've seen this dude can play good defense. Yes, when his mind is, is the right in the right spot. Exactly. And this kid, look at I mean, look, he may not be jumping off he has a power here, but you know, it's a sneaky power. Something yeah. I think he's gonna really get into, and which we have seen. Um but I think you know that's really gonna really help with this balance up this lineup because most of the time, you know, you you already want to have a lineup that's not full of power hitters. Yeah. And I think that's where I think where Trey Turner comes into play and same with Alec Bohm with their kind of the styles of hitting. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this team has in store for 2023. Yeah. And I, I really do think, you know, Phillies will somebody will be buyers at the trade deadline, regardless. Yeah. Are you gonna give up somebody that may not pan out here? I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, look, the fact that, and one, one example in particular, we gave up, you know, we took a sacrifice on Sixto Sanchez. Now, granted, who had a bit of an injury history, but it was well worth the sacrifice to get JT. If you look back before, the, the Phillies were never considered for trading JT. There was like like 15 or 20 other teams going after JT, and we just snuck, just snapped it right under from under their noses. Yeah. And JT has really become that really... Let's be real, one of the better catches that we have not had since Carlos Ruiz. I really yeah. hate to say it because yeah. it, it's been, it's been, feels like it's been a lot long since we had a really good catcher, especially the fact he's a five tool catcher at that. So that's, you're going to get the best of multiple abilities from JT. So I'll just, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. And we know that there's uh, no price tag that Dom will not look at and say, okay, we need him. So the trade deadline, uh, I mean, or the trade market uh, prior to opening day, it just, it seems like it's the right thing to do. It seems like we need somebody else. If it's somebody for, again, we're going back to the unknowns. Let's talk about center field. If there needs to be somebody there, we were joking around before uh, we started here. I said, Kingery, and you laughed your ass off. But I'm, right. being, I'm being serious. I mean, he has one left, one year left on his contract. I think it's time for him to shut up or show up. I just don't know what you do with Marsh because Marsh, yes, he is an everyday starter, but he's not an everyday, everyday starter. Because you're going to need, you're going to, you got to get, got to help him get some help out there. And like I said, before we started, there was a couple dark horses I've seen. Cody Clemens, because that dude's very versatile. Like I said, once I mentioned before, and Jake Cave. Now, Jake Cave, like I said, I might, like I said, that might surprise some people. I like what Jake Cave brings to the table in terms of like, you got a good veteranship, I think he really, really helped out, you know, more of some of these guys in the outfield. And Jake Cave, he's got some power. He's 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 got a good, I would say, a five tool, but he can give you a couple. Now, especially with the bigger bases, yeah. We'll see. Like we're gonna have guys could be still in double digit bases by the more than like 10, 15 bags if you're lucky. But like I said, you know, look, I mean, with Marsh though, I mean, look, Marsh can, can give you so much for yeah. what he is. But I think you have a, a best. Oh yeah. If you just have an average center fielder, I'm okay with that. You know, that's has a good bat, good glove. Yes. I'll be at, I'll be happy at the end yeah. of the day. But like I said, a lot of times you're going to give some of these guys a day off and you're going to need to re- refill that bench, which I think that's where Cody Clemens, Josh Harrison, maybe. Yeah. That, yeah. And Jake cave will come into play because these guys, know. Yeah. They have been experienced in doing that. So I think that really would help out this bench because that's real. The last bench last couple of years has not been bad, but it could have been a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I think the main focus uh, the, the last two years was getting the big time players, you know, 
Nola getting healthy, Harper there, JT there, finally getting someone for left field, uh, finally getting someone that's average or better than um, Odubel. I mean, center yeah. field, Odubel from Marsh, it's like day and night. But I want to talk about this because we only have 15 minutes left. We could talk about this all night. We could talk this talk about this all day. But Hoskins, I think if any player in the locker room in the uh, in in the locker room can do anything, I think it's Hoskins. And, and you're going to say, dude, we've been over this. Yeah, yeah. Year after I, year. I will say I will have my different opinions on that. I think this year, knowing that he's already got you know avoided arbitration, but this is a make it or break it year for him. Now, like I said, I'm not the type of guy that will hate on Hoskins for any stretch of the means, but it's just like at some point, it's like we have to get because our fir- the first base position has not been great ever, ever ever since you know Ryan Howard has left that spot. Yeah. If I'm going to completely honest, but I mean, we went through guys like Tommy Joseph, oh, uh, Darren Ruff, uh, that Ruff. was not really great, um, and probably other some scrubs. But outside of that, I mean, you know, it's just. Hossi sometimes I'm very 50-50 with him because he's so such are. a streaky player. Like, like every time when he like if he plays well, like it makes us like we've seen these all the times where he just does the not look like too. himself. It just frustrates me. It frustrates mm-hmm. me. Now, yeah. especially in this post in the postseason, I'm gonna give him a pass because he has oh let's be real. The big I mean, he has come up with the with the what we really needed the most, but defensively, ugh. That worries me. That worries me defensively. I'm sorry. That yeah. is just the way that is. Is from a first baseman's perspective, I, I cannot stress that enough. If you cannot have a good glove, I mean, at best, you, if you can give Reese a spot, it's probably the DH position. Yeah, yeah, and I know that's that's what people think, and I think it's it's a it's a important thing to to realize that Hoskins is fifty fifty. But we have to look at the contract. We have to realize that this guy is about to show us that he is the first baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies. And I think it's really important to say that, yeah, he was really good. Few games of the World Series and the NLDS was just uh, amazing to see him really thrive at uh, the game of baseball. I am indifferent. I think Hoskins has something to prove. And I think when you are in this position, everyday life, I mean, when you're, you know, at work, when you're at home, you have to realize that this is it. And I I think he's going to step up. I want him to step up. I think he's great for Philadelphia. I think he is a Philadelphia Philly deep down inside, but you're right. You're right. We don't know. And that's the unknown. But let's just say, let's put this hypothetical. If he does well defensively, I say let him stay here for the next few years or so. Well, because what I think he's like oh, entering this age thirty season, so I think you you got to get some some of the you have to get some of that as good years. I think but before the age before his age thirty five season, if you're lucky, get four, at least you can get four good year, four to five good years out of him. But outside of age thirty five, I think that's where you can actually can upgrade at the first baseman position. But like I said, if Hoskins can do better defensively. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the bat's still good. I mean, he's still, you know, he still can give you what he can give you. But for me, it's just the defense that I'm, that it's, I'm just, that, I don't say concerns me, but I want to see improvements. But if he can do that, he's, I think he can stay for the next four, four to five years at most before you start looking elsewhere for his potential replacement. Yeah. We got about 10 minutes left. I want to talk about two more things. The first thing is Rob. I think this is really important. Not you, Rob, the coach, Rob. Oh. I think it's I think it's really important to see 
what he does next. I, I think we all know, I don't want to bring us back to this moment, but him pulling Wheeler in the sixth inning, I think that's going to haunt us for the rest of our lives. Is this something to be concerned about? I know he's been a, 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 um, a uh, coach, uh, not a head coach for a long, for most of his career. I understand that, but now he has the team. He has Trey Turner. He has Harper. I mean, we can go on and on and on with all the, the players that we signed. This is the year. It might be the year for Hoskins, but I think it's also the year for Rob Thompson to put up or shut up just because yes, he is, you know, a friendly coach, but he needs to make some moves and he, he needs to make moves, not just in game, but also on the paper, on the pen, when the lineup comes up and you have to make it, you have to have a, a starting lineup that is consistent. I don't know if he can do that. Let's hear it, brother. I think he can. I, I There's moments where I've seen him actually become, you know, yeah. Like you said, pulling sit Wheeler was questionable. Sure. Like which man, I mean, to be honest, now which manager has not made that mistake before? It means exactly. Philly Rob's not the, Rob Thompson's not the only one off the hook. Him, Rob? How can we trust him? I mean, if, if like I said, you know, like I said, if you can trust him, the way that I see it, like if he can let these guys. Um, now, granted, there's going to be if there's some factors involved. Like say, if Wheeler, let's say Wheeler was getting knocked around before before the let's let's go back to that moment for exactly. If Thompson knew. Like, yes, I know Wheeler was dealing, but let's just say if Wheeler was getting knocked around in the sixth inning, yeah, that that could be understandable. But yes, I mean, like I said, but I think even Thompson himself, yeah, I mean, I think he knew where he made that mistake. But I think, yeah. he, you know, some of these first-time managers, they actually can grow with – actually because like you said, I mean, he took over, what, mid-May, mid-June? Yeah. I could be wrong. Regardless, like he had, over halfway, yep. he, yeah, he had a very short sample size. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to put the blame on him. Cause he like, he's, he had to dope. Well, that's real, which I've already had. Well, that's real. <laughs> but the roster, like I said, isn't yeah. pretty, but you know, you had, I, I, like I said, I was going to give him a pass, but the fact that we played the best baseball under him, it tells me that there's been yeah. better communication, which, you know, as much as I give, I give shit a lot of Nick Castellanos, but I had to give him benefit of the doubt for actually saying something coming out that, yeah, there was no communication for Girardi. It's like, yep, that's where my biggest red flag. Because, like, for someone I, who's someone has been around the game for over a decade and still currently as an athlete, yeah, I, I know that's one of my biggest red flags. Because yeah. the manager's not going to give you communication or give you any, especially these younger players, a guy like a Bryson Stott, Alec Pope, not giving the confidence that they need that's a recipe for disaster. I think that's where I think with Thompson, I think he can really take advantage and actually grow as a manager. And I think he really build up that experience over time. And it's like, I think he's got a really good warser to work with. He's got some really good players to work with. You know what, Rob, it reminds me of 09, 08. I mean, when Charlie was uh, the coach, he was a player's coach and that's what, players want to play for i mean you want someone that's going to be there with you behind you you know patting you on the back and saying you know you got this like the this is what you want out of a coach i think he has that um i think he has a lot around him too that will help him yes, yeah i mean we had the, one of the best coaching staffs in the game kevin long caleb Caltham. Yep. i mean a good paco figaro has done a really good job with these guys yeah. like there's a lot of guys that can help him grow as a manager like like it's not a one man game in terms of the manager yeah. possession. That's why you have this, you have a coaching staff. Now, yeah. granted some are better than others in terms of if you, what kind of production you're going to get out of them. Yeah. But 
the way that we saw the Phillies, the fact when was put on the 90 win season just in that short time frame with yeah. the coaching set that we have, who's to say? I, I've seen people predict us at least 190 plus to almost slow 100s in terms of, of if everything goes right. Like I said, I mean, I think Rob Thompson can be that guy because let's be real, we have not, like I said, we have not really had a girly commander. Like I said, since Charlie Manuel, we had not really seen that kind of, you know, I, I would consider that support and try to really have this coaching stuff and come around these guys and build this team, you know, and hopefully win the, hopefully win the entire damn thing. Yeah. Robbie, let's get to the last topic of the night. The Phillies biggest concern in your opinion, what is the biggest concern? And let's not say Harper because that's the number one concern. We get that. But other than that, I mean, we're not really talking about the bullpen. I feel like we're talking Shut about – and that would that would have been the biggest concern about a couple of years ago, but that's exactly. a whole different. That's you know all in the past. But my biggest concern is Nick Castellanos. That's my biggest concern right now. Can he bounce back to be what he was in Cincinnati? That remains to be seen because right now, because now, granted, yes, he has made some game saving plays, even though with the bat has been fucking atrocious, you know, yeah. and and it's really looking like, um. But like, if he can't really bounce back, I, I, I'm sorry. I think we're gonna have to find a way to flip him at, or is someone at the trade deadline because I think, you know, I don't really think he's that really bad of a player. But sometimes, like that, whatever his mental, whatever his mind is at, what's well, his attitude too? Yeah, and his attitude as well, which is my biggest issue as well. And I, I, I did want to say Schwarber, but Schwarber just, you know, that's a whole. I mean, Schwarber just yeah. blew. That's not my biggest concern, but no. I mean. No, but yeah, but Nick Cassius is my number one concern. Um, knowing that when Harper comes back, he, you know, he's pretty much going to be, I, I think he's definitely going to be the DH. Yeah. Which we have seen at times where when Harper was in the line and in, in the right field and Cassius at the DH spot. Yeah. We saw some decent things out of Cassius as a DH. Yeah. So when he wasn't well, playing every day, exactly. Exactly. He's not that time, but he's not that. Well, I want to say not that he's not the same player as he used to be. During yeah. his time with the Tigers and Cincinnati, where he and let's be real, he's also playing another hitter friendly's ballpark outside of Cincinnati. Yeah, but the way he because like when we first brought him in, I'm thinking to myself, like, he's got to have the least replicate what he had in down Cincinnati. That was not the case, and that no. was really frustrating. That we signed this guy to a five year, hundred million dollar deal, and that's kind of like I said, I'll, I'll say you know it's just only one year, but if he fails this year, I think I think we could all say that's a just that was a bad deal waiting to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think for me, as much as I want uh, Hoskins to perform, and I think he really will perform, I think that's what you do when it's, you know, when it's the contract year, you know, when you have one year left. I think for me, that's the biggest thing is Hoskins, just because if he's not performing well, that's a, a void that I think is still to this day before, you know, we make a, a, a trade. I think that's the issue, because if he does not perform well, that's the question. Do you bring in Derek Hall? Do you move Boehm over? Do you do something with Trey Turner? I mean, for the, the outfield, we know who's out there. And if Castellano cannot play, we have someone there to fill in that position. I don't know what you do with Hoskins, or I don't know what happens if Hoskins doesn't perform well. I don't know what you do. That's my biggest concern. Oh, yeah, that's, ruins, that's a good point as well. I think you know this too. Infield, Rob. To actually add to that point as well, which I I, I like I would say for me, Hoskins is not the biggest concern, 
but I do think Hassan's going to have a really good, a real good bounce back year defensively. Because, like I said, you know that. But if he can stay, not be a streaky hitter, and become, let's be real, what he was. I mean, look, yes, great. It was a sore sample size. I think when he came up in what 2017, 2018, wherever it came, wherever he came up. Yeah. Like, uh, like let's bring that back. If Hassan can bring bring back what he was in 2017, 2018. And had that home run hit streak, and also know how to get on base, which she does with this team. Know how to get on base, well, you know stuff like that. But I don't think Hoskins for me is one of the biggest concerns. I think he's going to find a way to bounce back defensively. I think that's he's that's the kind of player he is. So you're saying Nick? That's your biggest. Nick, Nick is right now is the over. It should be like the biggest picture, I should say, looking at if you're a Phillies fan, because I think we have guys. I mean, look, we see. You know, Schwarber kind of working on some stuff and kind of improve on. Now, granted, yes, the batting average, yeah, yeah, wasn't really there. But I mean, nowadays, like, who cares about batting averages nowadays? Even though that season was really weird with Schwarber having 40, 40 almost ha- popping 50 homers, driving over 100 runs with a sub two, 200 yeah. batting or sub 220 batting average. Regardless, I think Hoskins, like I said, if he does perform well, I mean, he deserves a, a, a really a decent extension. Now, like I said, Nick Castellanos, like yeah. I said, with that swing and whatever, like I said, that attitude and that where his approach is, it's frustrating to a lot of people, especially to someone, to people who actually have been around the game for so long. And it, it, I know, I know it's as stupid as it sounds, uh, you know, it's with the way that I see it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to call it how you see it. Streets, my brother, brought up a great point. He's working with a new hitting coach. Maybe that's something, Rob. I, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's what co- hitting coaches he's been working with, but Kevin Long, though, Kevin Long, and I like this kind of the philosophy that Kevin Long is. It's like, you know, try not to work on focusing on hit the ball out of the ballpark, but just try to learn how to use all parts of the field. Yeah. No, knowing that Cassiano's is primarily an opposite field type of hitter, but at some, at some point, we, we've seen Boehm had success under Kevin Long. We've seen most of these guys in this lineup have success, Yeah, except for Nick. For yeah. some reason, I think just for some reason, something's not clicking between him and Kevin Long. I don't yeah. think it's Kevin. Like no. I said, I think that might be his attitude or the way his work ethic. Yeah. So sometimes we seem MLB players nowadays are just flat out lazy. And I yeah. really hate to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I think Nick Castellanos is like, especially when he plays that hype. He was like, for me, I didn't really take that seriously because I knew that's if he's still going to be the same. I say just cut your ties with him and just unfortunately eat. Luckily, this league is not a salary cap league, so you can pretty much just eat the contract for what it is. Yeah. And if you can get some decent value, if you can get decent value out of him, so be it. And be get yeah. out of our hair. Yeah. No, I, I know that's, I'm just, like I said, I'm just calling it how I see, yeah. see it and, you know, kind of predicting what, if, if that's the case. Yeah, I hear it. Um, Rob, it's been an honor and a pre- uh, privilege. Thank you for coming on the first episode of the Out of Here podcast. Give the people what they want, Rob. How can they find you? Like I said, you can follow me on Right now, you can actually can check me out on the Philly Sports Stop Podcast. I'll be live later in about in the three hours from now for the XFL between the Houston Roughnecks and the Seattle Sea Dragons. Um, and check out the uh, the All Star Sports Network as well, because um, like I said, we're, we got a good group of content creators over there uh, working out with other people. Uh, but yeah, if you like XFL, USFL, NBA, WNBA, NFL, MLB kind of type of content, that's kind of you know kind of my channel. But and it's actually ironic though, even though it's my as my name sounds. I actually cover other teams as well. I do out of other out of market sports as well in terms of giving right. like because majority of the of the viewers are like other Cubs fans and stuff like that. So I got to give them what they want, and uh, yeah. So we got a lot of 
we're coming up as well. There you go, buddy. Again, thank you for coming on. I not a problem. This has been the Out of Here podcast exclusively on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Um, until next week, peace. Peace. <laughs>